0: Abba Father, I love you and I thank you for the way you've shown grace and mercy and how you are so kind. Mercy is made new every morning. You love us through your son. You love us through your, your people, your family. And I ask that this would be made real this morning. Lord, I know there's a lot of folk here with a lot of questions, a lot of A lot of burdens and uh, history. And I want to thank you that you make sense of all that stuff. Uh, Thank you that you are here and that your love is real. Uh, Show your favor to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, Really excited. So there, there are tumultuous things going on in Iran right now or actually the last 20 years, buckle up, for the last 20 years, more people have turned to Christ in Iran than in the last 1,300 years in that country. Uh, Janice, you know that, that Iran is a key part of biblical prophecy too, I know you know that. Uh, it is amazing, the, the internal grassroots movement of revival. And guess who is leading a revival in Iran? Guess who it is? Women. It is women, because they are so isolated and they're so marginalized, they are able to uh, have underground house churches and Bible studies, and they're introducing people to Jesus uh, in vast numbers. Uh, Some of the clips that you're looking at, the very top large uh, picture is uh, Iran right now. uh, People are protesting the Iranian government. They are tired of the brutality. Uh, Protests, actually, there's actually video footage of people celebrating the death of Soleimani. And, of course, this is all a huge political, you know, feeding frenzy. Uh, the, The athlete at the bottom, she just announced she has defected from Iran. She is the one and only Olympic athlete, and she has defected. It is very, very serious what's going on in Iran right now. And I'm just, I wanna call this to your attention and I wanna say, hey, if you could take some time to pray and ask for a spirit of revival and grace and protection to be on believers in Iran and for those who are on the verge of choosing to be, you know, choosing this day whom they will serve and becoming followers of Jesus, uh, that would be wonderful. Um, also, s- storms went through, I think at least 10 did, in the storms that went through, terrible storm, like a 400 mile long patch that, that caused so much damage and uh, several loss, uh, loss of life, and I think in Alabama. So please pray for these folk. Um, also, I need some help. You know, we, we see people, we've got folks that all over central Arkansas, even folk that come around the U.S. US to see people here. Uh, I, I've been made aware that another couple uh, wants to come here to do a marriage intensive. Need help. When that happens, it's called marriage intensive because it is labor intensive. And, you know, if we all share the load, it works well. Um, what I need are some encouragers, some, some caregivers. And here's what I need. I need you to see me after the service. We'll meet right over here by the baptist our very fancy uh, high-end Baptist trees, where we're going to be, okay? And I want to talk to you about what it would look like for you to commit to being a kind of, think of it as, a, as a, an encourager, first responder, so that if someone uh, goes into a critical state, a mental distress, and they need someone to talk to, I want to be able to say to them, hey, these are five people. I want you to call them. Call one of them. And so that you can encourage over the phone, or you can say, hey, let's meet for coffee, okay? So if that's something you wanna be a part of, I wanna meet with you right over here by my left after the service, and then I wanna talk about some training on how you could handle some pretty critical situations and, and very sensitive subjects, okay? That would be wonderful, and I need your help there. All right, last Sunday, wow, I have gotten so much feedback about scriptures a Christian can misuse, and certainly Satan will abuse, and we covered scriptures on prayer, on suffering and loss, on shame, on temptation, faith in the everyday life, and how do you go about it, and having a meaningful faith, and then about creation. What does the actual scripture say about creation? So... uh, if that is something that you, you have some text that you're concerned about or you find that there's lots of misunderstanding, would you please see me about that and we can, we can address that. Um, all right, today, we're going to dig in. Uh, boy, through lots of prayer, the Lord has accomplished some very, very special things. Uh, turn with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. My heart's desire for you all is that you would hear grace this morning. That you'd hear grace and you would have a sense of the truth of grace and the grace of truth. And you would know the power and the hope that we have in our relationship with Jesus. John chapter 13, and I I just, I want to pray again. (laughs) Father, I love you, and and I'm asking, would you please get our hearts ready for the truth, please? In Jesus' name, amen. John 13, we find these words. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart out of this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Absolutely, Olivia. Loved them to the end. during supper, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, got up from supper and laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel. He girded himself. Okay. I want to emphasize a couple things that are so important. Did anybody notice what Judas, what his daddy's name is? Judas had a dad, right? (laughs) I know sometimes Judas gets all the focus and we miss the fact that he had a dad. Dad's name is Simon, Simon. By the way, in Hebrew, uh, Simon means to listen or to hear, or it can be translated, God hears, Simon. God hears me, okay? Simon is the name of Judas Iscariot's father. Who is Simon? Who is that guy? We've got a few options. Some have even conjected that Simon Peter is his dad. No, 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 no. That's just way, way off. You really can't substantiate that one. Wouldn't be Simon Peter. Wouldn't be Simon of Cyrene coming from North Africa. No, wouldn't be that guy. By the way, Simon of Cyrene is the guy that carried uh, the cross of Jesus. There's two that are plausible. Simon the leper. Okay. Okay. Simon the leper. And Matthew records that, Matthew 26. The other is in Luke's gospel, chapter 7. Simon the Pharisee. Those are, it's plausible. I am conjecting. Please don't misunderstand me. We don't know. We can't get this thing under a microscope. We, we can't. There's no text that I am aware of in the, in the Bible nor outside the Bible that says... It's Simon the leper. We know that for sure. I don't know. But it's plausible that it might be. Now let's, let's work with that for just a minute. What if Simon the leper was Judas' father? When a man has leprosy, what kind of a life does he have? Social outcast. Okay. Do you think that affects his wife? you think that would affect his kids? Brothers, sisters, any immediate family are going to be profoundly affected when the father of the house has leprosy, okay? Did, Jesus, did Judas grow up in a home where dad had leprosy? Did Judas know the sting of rejection? Did he know the sting of social ostracization? Did he know that sting? And then he's, entered, he's selected as one of the, the apostles. And Jesus, who is healing people, even lepers, what if, and we don't know why, and, I, and please be aware, I'm conjecting, Jesus didn't heal his dad. Do you think that may have been a potential chip on Judas' shoulder? Maybe. Maybe so. Another option, of course, is Simon the Pharisee. And you read about Simon the Pharisee in Luke's Gospel, chapter 7, where Jesus enters the home and Simon the Pharisee does nothing to give Jesus a traditional ancient Mediterranean greeting. Nothing. He just allows him in his very righteous, (laughs) very clean home. And a woman who's broken follows. And you remember that she weeps and cleans Jesus' feet and dries his feet and anoints him with, with perfume and worships Jesus. It's interesting that money is a part of some of these conversations and the indignance of money being wasted on, on people who are perceived to be unworthy all right? It's also interesting that Judas. What was his What was his job in, among the, uh, the the disciples? Was he was the money guy. He managed the money box. What if his dad was Simon the Pharisee, and he grew up in a family culture that was high law and low grace. High law, low grace. We're keeping the rules is everything, even at the expense of relationships. What if that was the case? And Judas lived in a home where he could never please his dad. There was always something questionable, something on the margin, something that would make Judas feel like, you know, I just can't seem to make my dad happy. Just can't do it. Do you, all, do you all think that in the heart of a little boy is, is the need for dad's approval? Do you think? Do you think so? Mom's approval too, certainly. Same with a little girl, huh? We need approval when we're young. Judas Iscariot was the son of Simon. Simon is someone. We do know that Judas was so conflicted that after he agreed during the, for the b- betrayal, He took the payment of 30 pieces of silver and he threw it back at the people he made the agreement with and was so deeply convicted, he went out and committed suicide. We don't know the backstory. That's a hurting man. There's something beautiful about what it says about Jesus. Verse three, Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and they have come from the Father, and is going back to the Father. Do you all see something healing in that idea? That God is not stingy. God is not withholding things from Jesus. He's giving all things to Jesus, and Jesus somehow has fixed and locked it down. He knows where he came from. He knows where he's going. Can can we do a little personal check in for a minute? <laughs> Do you know who you are? Do you know where you come from? Do you know where you're going, with your life? Have you have you settled that? And do you believe God has given you what you need? That's fair. Do you believe that? Or is there a little bit of a a Simon, you know, thing going on where where we feel like you know, if I could, if I could just keep keep the rule just that little bit more maybe maybe god will release some heavenly resources and i'll be okay i don't know jesus settled it and then it says that he got up from supper and he laid aside his garments and taking a towel he girded himself then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded And he came to Simon Peter and he said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? (laughs) And Jesus said to him, what I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand later. You'll understand hereafter. Peter said, never shall you wash my feet. Do you think they're, on, they're not on the same page here? They're absolutely on two different pages, two different levels. Peter said, no, you're never going to wash my feet. In fact, it's emphatic and great. He's saying, no way, man, you're not washing my feet. Jesus answered, if you do not, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And Simon Peter said, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. Let's stop here for a minute and and focus on some things. Peter says, Lord, no, no. It's emphatic, no way. No, you cannot wash my feet. Let me tell you the significance of washing feet in this culture. It's not just a a gesture of being polite. We oftentimes think it's a polite gesture. By the way, I have a dear friend from England, England. near the Cambridge area. Uh, Her name is Kate Thorndike, a good friend of some of my old friends. And Kate posted on Facebook a letter she received from the Queen's lady-in-waiting. And I read it and I thought, I am living Downton Abbey right now. I'm seeing it live. Kate had written uh, a a Christmas card and a New Year's uh, blessing to the Queen. And the lady-in-waiting was responding back with a letter. And the English and the pomp and circumstance of the letter was really beautiful. And it was, it was a cool thing to read. Uh, when you wash the feet of an ancient Israeli in Jerusalem, it's not about being polite on such a high and lofty scale. There's something going on on a much more base level. Um, in, in the villages around Galilee and even in Jerusalem, did they have uh, plumbing? Indoor plumbing? No. Do you know what they would do with human waste? Barbara, you nailed it. I know it's nasty, but they threw it in the streets. Okay? So when you go walking about, I know, ew, when you go walking about in Galilee, Capernaum, Bethany, you go walking about, you're getting human waste on your feet. Okay? Creepy. Creepy. I remember being in some really, really rough places in El Salvador, up in the the mountains. Uh, uh, I was in Guatemala and open sewage where I was in Guatemala, trying to get a little church started in a little tiny town called Belen outside of the great city of Guatemala City. And I'm telling you people, it's nasty. And there's human waste everywhere. And as the waste decays, it just mingles with the dirt. And the wind blows the dirt. And the rain mixes it. And it's just, it's a constant problem. Okay? And when you're walking about, and that's what you do. You're walking everywhere. You just, you know it's on your feet. On your shoes. Okay? So when, when you wash the feet of someone... You're not just saying, you're important to me, although that is a part of it. You're saying, I understand that there's a lot of nasty on you and I want to wash it off, okay? If you've got a lot of nasty on you, I want to wash it off. I want you to hear grace in that. Peter said, no, 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 no. I don't want you to wash my feet. I, I'm, I'm not good enough for you to, to wash the waste of humanity off my feet. And Jesus, you know, Peter's not getting it. And so Jesus said, no, no, no. If I do not wash you, and he means spiritually, you will have no part of me. Whenever there's a noise like that, it means I was telling the truth, okay? You've got to listen. You've got to listen to this. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then wash. See, he's still not getting it. It's like, this isn't bath time. Simon Peter said, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, he was bathed, needs only to wash his feet, Because you're clean, but you've been walking about in the town. But it's completely clean, and you are clean. Certainly, he says this in another part of the gospel. You're clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Does anybody here have the nasty of humanity on your feet? Do you ever get the nasty of humanity on your hands? Do you ever get the nasty of humanity in your head? Anybody struggle with thoughts? You know, and, and you know, there's things between your ears that are just nasty, just the pain of life and stuff happens. And maybe it's, it's anger. Boy, you've got some human nasty inside there and it's anger. Or what, whatever it may be. Would you please understand that in this story, Jesus is serving people who are full of nasty, okay? This guy, the son of Simon, whoever that Simon is, whether dad's a leper, and he's got a little chip on his shoulder because, you know, Jesus didn't heal everybody, which is true. He didn't heal everybody, but at least he could have healed my dad, you know? Or or why why does Jesus have to be so... Crazy, stupid about money. Why can't, he, why can't he keep the Excel spreadsheet and allow me control? Because when things get out of control, I get out of control. I have to have control or I lose it. I, it's got to fit into the spreadsheet. And, and I was raised in that family culture. And when it goes out of the spreadsheet and the numbers don't add up, I can't handle it. Why, why does he do this stuff? He gives people stuff they don't deserve and, and those who deserve stuff don't get it. And and what was that whole deal about when the Galileans tried to make him king and he refused it? And why didn't he take advantage of the temple scene when he claimed house? He he should have stormed the city and taken charge, become the king that he says he is and let's kick the Romans out and, and let's start the holy party again, the promised land Why can't we have the land God promised to us? Oh, because we can't keep the rules and Jesus isn't helping. He's this wild, loose cannon. Mm. Tip on his shoulder. You ever have some nasty between your ears? Have you ever believed that maybe your God has disappointed you? Even in your prayers? When you've asked some really deep things in your heart. And he appears to be quiet. Verse 12. So when he had washed their feet. He washed the feet of a man that had so much hate and so much conflict inside of him. Huge chip on his shoulder. He knew he was going to betray him, and he washed his feet anyway. He washed him anyway. <laughs> he washed the feet of the coolest kid in the youth group, Simon Peter. Wow. He would be voted president of the youth group. When he had washed their feet, all of them, and taking his garments, he reclined at the table and he said to them, do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and and you're right. You're right, so I am. If I then, the Lord and teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. Truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. You are the gifted body of Christ. Please only speak the words that are given to you by the Holy Spirit. If you have a question, please ask. Why does this matter? How would we live this out today as people who claim to be washed by the blood of the Lamb? the only answer that I can give uh, that in my mind makes sense when you analyze in all four gospels and the book of Acts how the Jews responded to Jesus and responded to his followers one of the key themes that comes up is jealousy all right When they saw that Jesus' youth group was getting way bigger than their youth group, when they saw that, quote-unquote, the crowds began to follow him, it actually says, the word that describes it is envy. And if you remember during the crucifixion scenes, what does Pilate realize about these people? It says, Pilate knew they were turning Jesus over to him because of jealousy and envy. I think there's something there, and that's why I say there's a chip on, on Judas' shoulders. That's why I say it's plausible for uh, Simon the leper or Simon uh, the, the Pharisee, or an unknown named Simon, or a person named Simon, that we don't know, but whatever it was, it was enough that there was a chip. Some, some say that Simon was a part of a, uh, uh, Judas was a part of a group called the Sakari. Have you heard of the Sakari? The dagger, men? the dagger men, yeah, and they were famous for hiding uh, weapons up their, their sleeves and over their cloaks so that they could assassinate. They would, make, they would do political assassinations, uh, terrorism, okay, internal stuff in order to topple a governing people, desperate to restore the promised land is what was going on. I don't think that's necessarily true because Iscariot might sound like Sikari, but it literally means in Hebrew uh, Kirioth, which is a place where you're from. It's not far from Moab across the, from the Dead Sea. I've always thought, you know, maybe he was a plant, you know? And they did that, Jan, they really did. They, they had plants. Yeah. realized that he really was he, said and he killed himself. Yeah. Weird. It's weird. yeah. It's a mess. It's a mess. How would we live this out when you understand the spirit of Jesus wants to wash us clean inside? Yes, Sir Francis. the other thing about living this out, um, Luke chapter 6, verse 28, it says, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Mm. And and I see this in Jesus' actions as he washed the feet of Judas. He knew he was God in the flesh. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what Judas was going to do to him. And he still loved him and still cared for him as if he were his own, even though he knew Judas was going to Denise, all of you, what would you say to someone who uh, seems to be fixated on their need to gain control, maintain control, or to make sure that their righteousness is so substantial that uh, God is somehow obligated to love them now? <laughs> You know they're dead set to clean it before they take the bath. Church, how would you how would you address that if there was someone here? Well, by the way, which is a kind of self-worship, in a, in a very deep, complicated way, where, where you you can't handle losing control, and giving over your life to Jesus. It, it's too much. How would you advise them? What would you say? That's what it takes. Yeah. That is what it takes. Yeah. you can never be good yeah. enough. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating, Janice, um, Jesus never said, if you become, as a PhD, I will, I will accept you into my kingdom. When you really master all that there is to know in your world, he never said, if you become, as a wise philosopher, if you become as this or that, if you become skilled in your trade, then I, you represent the kingdom and I'll let you in. What did he say you must become like? A child. Do you realize in this honor-shame culture what children bring to the dynamic? Nothing. (laughs) Absolute and complete dependency because you have nothing. Did you know that in famine and war, you know who who the first are to suffer? Women and children. And children, even to the point, and it's horrific to think about it, But in Israeli culture, children become a food source in the worst times of famine. In Israeli culture, I'm telling you, children bring nothing to the honor-same dynamic. Yeah. If you become, as a child, who does not have the capacity to clean up their life, Who does not have the capacity to give all the right answers to all the right questions? If you become as a child, you will enter the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And then here we are as adults doing our best to control the spreadsheet so that we can impress God. Grace is beautiful, it's never at the expense of truth. Truth is beautiful, it's never at the expense of grace. I'm telling you, this is a teaching about grace and acceptance and love. Do you understand that the whole point of this, verse 15, I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. If I washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I, yes. I think this is more than a... Um Act, I think, is more of a mental. He's giving them an example of how you need to be mentally as well. He's the Lord of all. He became a servant and did and washed. Yeah. I wouldn't want to wash anyone's feet. Yeah. And that's my problem, I should be willing. Yeah. It is a mental thing, not so much what he did, yeah. but why. Yeah. And, you know, he was the Lord of all, and we shouldn't lord ourselves above anyone else. We should become as he did and to serve. Him. Yeah, Jane, you're on to something. So, question. Church, I want you to answer this question. What has to happen, click between your ears, in order for you to be a meaningful and healthy servant? Foot washer. What's got to click between your ears for you to learn to be a good, healthy foot washer? What's got to click? You've got to treat everybody the same Okay. Realize it's not a matter of whether or not they're a Okay. Okay, people have inherent value just as they are. What's that? His servant's heart. Servant's heart, Shannon. Yep, yep. anybody else? Lose Pardon? Lose your pride. Lose your pride. pride. pride, 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 pride. pride ah, t- uh, uh, as I did for you, you do, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, Melissa? And do you don't, don't know like that member of head, and you say. Have no idea. I have no idea, Terry. do it with humility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, guess who normally were the foot washers in an in a Israeli home? Slaves. Slaves. Yeah. Anybody can make it even more strict than that. Female slaves. Well, yeah, but it gets worse than that. Children's <laughs> slaves. That's really bad. <laughs> Sometimes non-Jews. Oh. Even even non-Jews. Yeah. Yeah, it's really bad to get to work Someone else. What does it take for it to click where you can become a meaningful and healthy foot washer? Hello? You have to bathed first, too, because I I think it was faster for believers more so because uh, Christ said they've been bathed, and yet we'll go and we'll walk in light, and then things will get will get dirty. Get human nasty on us, sure. Philip, it's awfully hard to give grace when you're unwilling to receive grace. It's hard. Can I offer a bit of counsel? Would you mind? Can you give me that, that margin? I think a part of the answer is found in uh, verse 3. What does it take to be a good foot washer? Three things. You've got to settle up on what God's given you. Number one, you've got to settle where you came from. <laughs> and you've got to settle where you're going. And if you can't, you're probably not going to be a good foot washer. <laughs> yep. And if you believe that God, God habitually shortchanges you, <laughs> God habitually has not resourced you with what you need, and you're frustrated at where you came from and certainly frustrated where you're going, I think it's going to be awfully hard to be a foot washer. But when you can experience grace and believe that God is not the enemy, and you ready for this one? You have the ability to move past your parents (laughs) who sometimes fail us, who sometimes are amazing and bless us, but you have the ability to move on from that. And you simply become someone who knows grace. You've been bathed. And you get what he said. <clears throat> I gave you an example that you should do as I did for you. And if you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. Okay, let's, let's stop here and, and I want to pray. Sometimes, do you know what I'm guilty of? I'm guilty of having the knowledge of things and not the doing of those things. Look at verse 17. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Uh, Someone who's really good at math, you probably don't need your iPhone calculator, but in the event you do. Let's pretend you're 40 years old and you've been raised in church and you've gone to church roughly 52 times a year. How many sermons have you heard? At age 40, you get at least an average of two sermons a week. 40 years. How many sermons? 4,000. 4,000. 4,000. Now, what if you add on Wednesday night? Can you see it? Crank it up again. What do you think, Justin? A lot? I mean, double yeah, Or, or triple it. Yeah. And you got Christmas. Yeah. And what about podcasts? So that's <laughs> and all the books read. Yeah. Do you think we lack information? <laughs> we don't lack information. That's not the problem. Okay. We don't lack the information. If you know the information of these things, you're blessed if you do that. Which may mean God may call you to wash the feet of someone that you're very sure doesn't deserve it. <laughs> you're very sure. You nailed it. Yeah, you're right, they don't. But Janice, God loved us while we we're still sinners, right? Okay, all right, all right. I know the Holy Spirit has spoken, I know. For God so loved the world. He gave, He sent, He gave His only Son that whoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. Okay. I want you, in the privacy of the moment, have you been washed? Have you been cleansed? Has the blood of Jesus been poured over your soul so that the human nasty that's on your feet, your hands, and your head in your heart, has been cleansed, set free from the bondage of sin. Do you know what it means to be born again? If you have never done so, I beg you, please do not leave today without talking to me or someone else about what it means to give your heart to Jesus. It's not hard. It's not hard. You've got to come as a child. It's not hard. I want to pray for us. Abba, Father, thank you. Abba, for the person that's here who knows pain and the tendency is to, is to place blame, I pray that you, you, you'd you wash them. And you'd bathe them. You want to make us clean. It's who you are. You want to replace the robe of shame with the robe of righteousness and make us clean. Lord, it takes faith to get in and it takes faith to stay in. Grace to be saved and grace to walk out the salvation you give us. I pray that everybody here would understand that. You made it so clear. We're not only blessed to know these things, but we're really blessed when we do them. Teach us as we have been washed that we pass on the grace of washing. As we have been served, we pass on the grace of serving. Thank you for this church and the way that they serve me. And how your love is made real to me through them. And we get to worship you right now and sing songs and lyrics set to 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 focus on you and your your goodness. Lord, help us to worship freely, without shame. Without thinking we're so unclean we don't deserve it, but to, to worship because you have made us clean. Masking in Jesus' name, Amen.